0: Grace and peace be yours, from God our Father, from our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text this morning is from the Gospel reading, these words of our Lord. He said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. So far our text, dear friends in our Lord. I'm sure our Lord could have chosen another word. I'm sure he certainly could have found a synonym for the word orphan, orphanus in the Greek. But it's important to note that he did it there in the upper room on the brink of the fulfillment of all of those pregnant prophecies of old there to fulfill that for which he was born that soon would visibly take him from his beloved band of disciples. Now these disciples had come to follow this man, this God man. Only about 33 years of age he was at this time, but they came to follow him like they would follow a father. They came to trust him like they trust a father and rely on him and listen to him like one would rely upon and listen to a father. He emboldened them, encouraged them, strengthened them. There Jesus soon would go where they would not yet follow, to the cross, to the grave, and then resurrected again, To be ascended into heaven visibly to depart from them, indeed, then no other word than orphan or, or orphanus. Would or could perhaps embody just how he knew his dear disciples might be tempted to feel when he finally would be taken from their sight. But consider that word for a minute, orphan. It embodies a whole lot when we think about it. Certain columnists who went only by the first name of Barbara, relates how she, a Russian orphan from the age of nine, viewed life. She wrote this, she said, being an orphan is different. It means having no family, no father, no mother, to keep you safe, to love you. It means knowing that your Christmas presents, if any at all, were not chosen with you in mind, but simply were picked for any child means being quite uncertain about what the future will hold it means living day by day with no plan of even having a plan means having no one to think on you to worry about you she said it, it means having no one to hug having not those loving arms in which you find the shelter it means she writes being afraid to become attached to anyone because he or she probably won't be there very long being an orphan in short I think we could say it means being bereft Of parental love the guidance of a teacher the protection of a guardian the determined defense of an advocate it means craving the parental love and affection and protection that simply isn't there it's being deprived of all these comforts that many of us have perhaps come to take for granted in our lives so you see the word orphan is most fitting No, I think the word orphan is most fitting. It's easy to see, considering all these things that I just recounted to you. I think it's very easy to see why some translators have translated this passage to have Jesus say, I will not leave you comfortless. They're near synonymous, aren't they? Comfortless, orphan. When we think about it all, there is no end to the comfort of such a promise as this. Precisely because there is no day and corner of your life that has no place or no need for this kind of assurance. Consider the corners of your life for a moment. Do you today mourn the recent or the distant loss of a father whose strong arms once playfully whisked you up? Or of a mother, perhaps, whose loving and tender arms so often hugged the hurt away? Do you today or will you one day mourn the loss? Have you, or rather, have they or others in your life been taken from you so that just like that Russian orphan Barbara, it would seem that there is now no one left to hug? Or have the roles reversed so that now you're the caretaker of the one who, who took such care of you in life? Or has your life, like the orphans, perhaps been marked by that burn of abandonment, Or have the infidelities of life's relationships or the unkept promises in life left you like orphan Barbara, afraid to to become attached because you don't know how secure another relationship or another promise would be? Have the insecurities in life left you like the orphan living day by day, as it were, having no plan of having a plan, insecurities all around us? Or how about this corner of life as the law of God? done its work in you, so that today you realize that it's your sin and the sins of others and and the general sin ingrained condition of fallen mankind that's brought all of these cold and these cruel casualties of comfort upon you. Has that law of God convinced you that unlike, certainly unlike the innocent victims of orphanhood in the world, has that law convinced you that that before God there is no place here to claim innocent victimhood, but only to repent of that of which we are indeed guilty. Where Isaiah declares to us your sins. Your sins have separated you; they have orphaned you, as you, as it were. They have separated you from your God. There is no day, no corner or care of life then, friends, as we consider it, that cannot be cradled in the comfort of Christ's pledge to you who says, I will not leave you as orphans. Though the world and our sin will, and they will, he says, I will not. Equally heartening for us, though, as Christians is to know that just as much as as this Security applies to you personally in all of your grievings and your insecurities and abandonments distresses in life just as much as it applies to you personally it's so heartening for us to know that it applies to you as he said his church you his church corporately collectively he says I will not leave you my church as orphans in a day that's in fact really no different than St. Paul's day A day when the church is constantly bombarded by the hedonistic pleasure-pursuing Epicurean philosophies or the fatalistic and comfortless Stoic philosophies of the day or the relativistic to each his own God, Athenian doctrines of the day? Isn't it good to hear our Lord remind us that I will never leave you as orphans in a day which is little different than St. Peter's Day? In which Christians are torn from their families, perhaps not here in the United States, not yet, but most certainly throughout the world, Christians are indeed torn from their families, denied opportunities, even imprisoned or tortured, executed. To sum it all up in one word, like Peter did in our epistle reading, our second reading, those who suffer, he said, for doing what is good, for believing what is right, in a day like this, isn't it good for us to know? And isn't it the highest comfort to us to hear our Lord say to you, I will not leave you comfortless and as orphans. I will not leave you, he said, as orphans. I will not leave you comfortless. I will leave you the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Helper, the Paraclete, as he's called in the text in the original language. Remember the gospel text, friends. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper or a comforter, one who will be with you forever. Now before we consider this paraclete, this comforter, this we must note. That there is no comfort to be had, no comfort to you, unless we first understand that it was Christ who died for you, who reconciled you unto the Father, brought you back into a relationship with the Father so as not to leave you as orphans. As we heard in the epistle reading, Christ Jesus died once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us back to God. But with that in mind, note this then. He says, I will ask the Father. And that in itself is a comfort to us all because graciously Christ takes that out of our hands and into his own hands. Think about it. What if you were to have to ask the Father based upon what your hands have done? There'd be no comfort, no assurance. None in that. But friends, with with Calvary's cross in mind, where you find him there... His perfect hands outstretched in sin atoning fashion for you with this in mind he assures you he says I will ask the father and so confident is Christ in his atoning work on your behalf that he does not hesitate he doesn't hesitate to promise it to you he says I will ask the father and you can count on it he will give to you another helper a paraclete to be with you forever Parakletos is the word. It's a word that describes one who's called to the side of another. In a legal context, in the legal context, describes one who comes to the side of one to be an advocate for, to plead for, to argue for, to speak for, speak for you. How comforting is that? To know that, as Paul says in Romans, the Spirit himself, God, the Holy Spirit himself, makes intercession for us with groanings too deep for words, ever invoking the blood of Jesus Christ on your behalf. Paraclete. It means also one who comes to the side to bring comfort to or encouragement to or aid or help. And this brings to my mind a certain runner, a British runner named Derek Redmond. Maybe you remember him. Derek Redmond, who skyrocketed to fame by shattering his country's 400 meter time in the early 1990s at only age 19, and he was poised as a favorite to win the race in the Barcelona Summer Games, 1992. Well, the games arrived, and as one has described it, Redmond was absolutely aching for a medal. And on the day of the semifinals, 65,000 fans streamed into the stadium. And and there at the top, seated at the very top, Derek's father, Jim Redmond, a faithful witness to each and every one of his son's world competitions. Well, with the crack of the gun, the race began. The runners took off. Derek broke out out of the pack, not surprisingly, to take the lead. Heading down the back stretch of the 400-meter race, more than half complete, Now, with only 175 meters to go, it seemed Derek certainly would place high enough to earn himself a spot in the the finals at the Olympics. Then it happened. Derek heard a pop. It was his right hamstring. He pulled up lame, his leg quivering. He began to to hop on the other leg. Getting slower and slower, finally he he fell to the track as the other, other runners that were chasing him dashed right by him and on their way to the finish line And the medical personnel rushed out across the lanes of the track to attend to him at that very moment high up in the stands there was commotion It was Derek's father Jim seeing his son there in need he was single-minded to get to the the side of his son the barricade dodging security raced out onto the track security pursuing him he called out to them that's my son out there father came to the side of his son he wrapped his arm around him his injured son who by this time had made it up onto his good leg and and perhaps you'll remember what happened next Jim Redmond brought his limping son to cross the finish line to a thunderous roar of a standing ovation. While Jim Redmond might have evoked in his son an inner determination and a strength, courage to press on, the paraclete of God knows that these are not the inner qualities and virtues of a sinful man. That's why, friends, called to your side, he brings them to you. The Christ-one, Christ-given determination and strength and courage to press on in life day by day. To persist on in trial, to resist in temptation. All because His forgiveness, Christ's forgiveness He brings to you. In each and every day when we need it. In each and every day where we need it in each and every day. The spirit of truth as you heard him described in the gospel reading today who enables you to trust in the all forgiving work of Christ Jesus he brings to you the tender affection of a father who loves you and because of Christ he says that's my son that's my son in need The strong arms of God the Father to hold us up, to bear us along in life. He brings Christ's assurance in the midst of life's deepest sorrow. Christ's assurance that because I live, you heard him say, because I live, you shall live also. His guarantee that all things must and can't help but work together for the good of those who by grace love him and have been called according to his purpose never as orphans never as orphans will he leave you for he says i come to you he comes to you through the holy spirit with the holy spirit and the father together so he comes to you through the reading of scripture the preaching of scripture these very sacraments that are here located in the church of god in word and sacrament that's where would-be orphans find the sort of inexhaustible help that does not fail The comfort from God that does not and will not flee. It's where you find the loving embrace of a father who loves you. It's it's where you find the certainty of God's plan for you in eternal life. Our father, his son, their Holy Spirit, they're thinking precisely of you. And unlike an orphan's Christmas gift that might be chosen with any old child in mind, your Lord delivers to you. Through these means, grace sufficient, not too much, not too little, but with you individually in mind, grace sufficient, precisely perfect, and sufficient for you. The grace that you need in each day. It was September of 1847 and henry francis light whose health was failing a pastor whose health was failing preached his farewell sermon to his beloved congregation in brixham south devonshire in england toward the evening of the day he went down the garden path from his house to view the setting sun on a high hill that overlooked all of brixham harbor he recounted to his family later on that There that day, at that time, he dearly desired to write words that might comfort his survivors after he was gone. And he prayed that day that he would and that he could write those words. Well, no sooner had the sun set that day than he returned to his study, as his children thought, to rest. An hour later, though, the door opened and Henry Light emerged, carrying in his hand the manuscript of a hymn that you know very, very well. Abide with me. Fast falls the even tide. The darkness deepens. Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail. And comforts flee. Help of the helpless. Abide with me. Friends, never forget what comfort attends you. Your Lord said, I will ask the Father. And he will give you another helper another comforter, one who will not fail and one who will not flee. And he will be with you forever. And I, myself, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. And so in life and in death, never forget that comfort, that promise that abides with you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen.